Shalom to all. Today's office Kedushin Avchav So we are starting about the seventh line with the words Ad Hechen Gilgal Shvua. And today's office sponsor Lili Nishmas Mars Merim Sar Bas Rabbi Yaakov Moshe Her Neshama Should Have an Aliyah. And Lili Nishmas Mars Rivka Bas Rabbi Meir Zev Her Neshama Should Have an Aliyah. Now yesterday we learned about Gilgal Shvua, the concept that allows us to require someone to make a Shvua on something that usually would not require a Shvua because they have to make a Shvua in regards to something else. Now the Gemara asks Ad Hechen Gilgal Shvua. Until how far do we take this concept of Gilgal Shvua? Meaning, to what extreme can we force a Shvua onto somebody in regards? To something that does not usually require shvua. Some of Yudam Ravi says, even if Ruven tells Shimon, he shall he swear to me, Shane Avdiata, that you're not my Evet. Meaning Ruven's able to make a shvua in regards to something else, let's say Moedim Mektaz, and now he tells him, make a shvua to me that you're not my Evet Kenani. It goes even that far. The Gemara says, how could that be? Ahusha Musim Shamtinole. We actually would place Ruven under a ban in such a case. We'd put him in Nidui, which is a type of Cherem. Titan, you have a Brysa. Karl Chavera Evet, if a person calls his friend an Evet Kenani, he gets put into Nidui. Mamzer, if he calls his friend a Mamzer, we're not as extreme with him. So we just give him Malkus, and Russia, if he calls his friend Russia, Yard Imel Chayov. Literally, this means he could go down into his livelihood, which means it's okay if that person hates him, and he even tries to make him lose money in business. So telling his friend to swear that he's not his Evid Kanani is not something that we're going to be Mechavishua for. So Alam Rav, Rav answers, we're talking about a case where he says, Swear to me that you weren't sold to me as an Evid Ivri. And we're going to go so far to say that he's going to have to make a Shvu in such a case. That's 100% valid Taino. Memoina is like Abe. He has Mumminus by him, because if Shimon really is Ruvain's Evid, so that means that Shimon has to work for him, and if he doesn't want to, he would have to pay his way out of it with Giran Kesef, like we've learned previously. So why is that such a chiddush that we would say Gilgal Shvu applies over there? So the answer is Rava Tamei. Rava goes according to his own reasoning. The Amar Rava, Rava says Evid Ivri Gufay Kanoi. The body of the Evid Ivri itself is acquired by the master, and therefore it's not a case of Mamanis, and that's why it's a chiddush that we could say Gilgal Shvu over there. Ask Mari Halchi. If so, I knew Karka. So that's the same thing as Karka, and we know that there's Gilgal Shvu by Karka also. And the reason why it's Karka is because we know that Avadim are similar to Karkais. So my answer is no. Malditem, you might have thought. It's normal that a person sells a piece of property quietly, privately, without people knowing about it. And he said Zavin, and therefore it's possible if it was bought less like Kala, that it won't necessarily have a call, people won't know about it. And that's why Gilgal Shvu applies by property. But hi, in the case of an Avid Ivri, M. Isid Zavin, if it's really true that he was bought, Kala Islay, there would be Kala, everyone would know about it. And since people don't know about it, you might say that we can't do Gilgal Shvu. Kamash Mal, the Chidosh is, even in such a scenario, we could be Magal Shvu to make him swear that he's not his Avid Ivri. And then we've gone to Mishnah that discusses Kenyan Chalipin. And we've mentioned Kenyan Chalipin previously, but now we're going to be spending a bit more time on it, so let's explain a bit of the background. Kenyan Chalipin literally means a Kenyan by way of exchange. And the way that it works is that when one party involved in the Kenyan hands the other party an item, often a suder, a handkerchief, which as an aside is why it's also called a Kenyan suder, the item under discussion is automatically acquired. Now this is learned from a Pasuk in Megillus Rus. There was a stay that belonged to Nami's family, which needed to be redeemed by a relative, and the Pasuk tells us, This was the custom among Yidin, in regards to redeeming or exchanging to establish the matter. Here's the key words. A man would remove his shoe and give it to his friend. And this handing over of the shoe, or other item, like a suder, creates the official Kenyan, and now the item belongs to the second party. Sadamisha says, something that's used as a payment for something else. Right now we're understanding this means money. Once this person was Zaycha in it, meaning let's say once Shimon was Zaycha in the money given to him, so this other one, Ruvain, the one that gave the money, he's Chayv in exchange, meaning he assumes responsibility for the thing that's being exchanged for this money. Now, as we just said, the Havamina right now is that we're talking about money. And it's important to note, the Gemara Bamtsiya tells us that money cannot create a halacha kenyan. So we're understanding this money is not being used to buy the item, like in a regular exchange where you go to the store, you give money for an item, and then you take it. This money is being used as chalipin. And when Reuven exchanges the money for an item of Shimon's, once Reuven gives even part of the money, the moment Shimon takes it, as we said, his item is automatically Reuven's, and now Reuven bears responsibility for it if something happens. Now, the Mishnah seemingly explains by saying, 
Kitzad, what's the scenario of this? Hichlev Shar Rapara. If he exchanged his ox for a cow, a chamar Bashar, or a donkey for an ox, Kimushazachazah, since this one was Zaycha in it, meaning one Shimon was Zaycha in the item, is Chayv Zeb Chalipov, so Ruvain is Chayv in the Chalipin, even though he doesn't actually have the item. But now the Mar says, Chalipin my Nihu, what's the Chalipin that we're talking about in our Mishnah? Matbea, seemingly a coin, like we explained. But if that's so, we have a problem. Shmamina Matbea Nasa Chalipin. It seems to be that we learn from here that a coin could create a Kenny Chalipin, but that's not what we learn above Metziah. Over there, we learn that a coin cannot create Chalipin. So what's our Mishnah saying? So Mar Yehuda answers, Hachikamar, this one our Mishnah is saying, it's not talking about money. What's it saying? Kol Hanishum Domen Ba'acher. Anything that has to be evaluated in order to use it as payment for something else, such as any metaltalin, such as the case of a barter, an exchange of goods, an ox for a cow, or a donkey for an ox. This item being used as an exchange needs to be evaluated to ensure that it's fair to be used as an exchange. And Chav Chazam is on top. That's what Amish is telling us. Kim wants us one with in it, is Chayv Bechalipin. The other one is now Chayv. He bears responsibility in the item being exchanged for it. And they cannot protect him like this. Dictan, because the Mishnah says, Ketzad, what's the scenario we're talking about? Hichlif Shar Repara, Shmam, you know, we see from here that we're talking about two items being exchanged, not money being exchanged for an item. Now, we just clarify, according to our Havamina, that the Mishnah was talking about the Matbea, a coin, money, could create a Kenin Chalipin. So, my Ketzad, what's the continuation of the Mishnah where it says Ketzad, and it doesn't talk about money, it talks about items? The Gemara answers, this is what the Mishnah is saying, that even Peres could do Chalipin. Namely, even though the item affecting the Chalipin isn't a Kli, like a shoe or a Suder, it can still be be used. And Paris over here doesn't mean produce, it just simply refers to anything not a Kli. And that's our Mishnah is telling us, Kate side, what's an example of this? Hichlef basar shar bepara, if he exchanged the meat of a shar for a para, a basar chamar beshar, once one party was zaycha in the item, so the other person automatically acquires the other item, and he bears responsibility for it. So again, over here, the Kiddush of the Mishnah is that a Kenyan Chalipin does not need to be done with a Kli. It could be done even with Peiris, something that's not a Kli. The Gemara continues with this, Hanichel Rav Sheshes. This is good according to Rav Sheshes, the armor that says, Peiris the Chalipin, the Peiris, something not a Kli, could create a Kenyan Chalipin. El Rav Nachman, the armor Peiris Loyal the Chalipin, Michael Maymar. But according to Rav Nachman, that holds that Peiris cannot create a Kenyan Chalipin, what are we able to say? How do we understand the Mishnah? The Gemara answers, we have a totally different understanding according to Rav Nachman. This is what our Mishnah is saying. Yes, Damim Shahin Kechalipin, we could have a case of money that is like a Kenyan Chalipin. Ketzad, what's that scenario? Hechlev Dmei Shar Bepara, a Dmei Chamar Bashar, if he exchanged the money of the Shar for a Para, or the money of a Chamar for a Shar. Now, this is a very unusual form of Chalipin. This is referring to a case where Ruvain sold Shimon a Shar for $100, and when Shimon does Mashiach on the Shar, he now owes that $100. But let's say he doesn't have it, but he has a Para instead. Ruvain can tell Shimon, I accept your cow as payment for the $100 that you owe me. And that's how Chalipin's being done with money. The Gemara clarifies my time, but why does this work? That's because Sarvala Kreb Yechanan, Rav holds a Kreb Yechanan, the Amr who says, Dvar Tayyamayis Kainais, Midaraisa, when a person simply pays money for an item, he's automatically kind of the item. Umatam Amr Meshicha Kaina, why is it the Chum said that only Meshicha acquires the item and not the money paid for it? That's because Gzair Shem Yamir Lodin is It's Gzair, perhaps he's going to tell him, Your wheat burned up in the attic. If we're going to say that when Ruvain simply pays for Shimon's wheat, he automatically acquires the wheat, even though he never did a Meshicha on it, well then if a fire breaks out in Shimon's storage, house, he's not going to be inclined to save the wheat because it's not his anyway, it's Ruvain's. So because of that, the Chum said that money is not kinda, and Ruvain has to do an actual Meshicha on the wheat, or for that matter, any item that he's buying. Now, Milsa the Shechicha Gazu Bar it's only something which is a common case that the Rabbanon are geyserin, like a standard transaction of money for an item, whereas Milsa the Leishchich Gazu Bar in something that's not common, it's not usual, like our scenario that we just mentioned, the Rabbanon were not geyser, and therefore in our situation, the money owed to Ruvain can affect the Kenyan when he cancels that loan with his agreement to accept the animal instead. And even though he didn't receive the animal yet, he still is automatically kind of it because of this type of 
Chalipen. Now we just further analyze the Reish Lakish to Amr Meshicha Mefreshes Ben Atayra. According to Reish Lakish, who holds that Meshicha is a kingdom of in the Taira, meaning Midaraisa money cannot be Kaina. So how does he understand the Mishnah? Honey, Chisav Rav Lakav Sheishes. It would make sense if he was like Rav Sheishes to Amr Peres of the Chalipen that the Mishnah is telling us that Peres even not a Kli could create a kingdom Chalipen. So in Mitaras Rav Sheishes, he would understand the Mishnah like Rav Sheishes. El Yisav Rav Lakav Nachman, but if he holds like Rav Nachman, the Amr Peres lie of the Chalipen that something that's not a Kli cannot create a Chalipen. Umatveil like honey and a coin, meaning money, cannot be used as a Kenyan. So in my Mukila, how do you understand the Mishnah? The Gemara answers Al Karcha Rav Sheishes really. It must be the Rav Lakish holds like Rav Sheishes. Moving on to another scenario of Kenyan, now we're going to learn differences between Hektish, the base of Mikdash, and Ahedit, which is a regular person. The Mishnah tells us Roshos HaGavaya Bekasef, the Roshos of Gavaya, meaning the base of Mikdash, can acquire something with money, not only with money, but also with money, as we're going to see in the Gemara, Roshos HaHedit Bechazaka, and the only way that a Hedit, a regular person, could acquire something is with Chazaka, meaning Meshicha, or another type of Kenyan like that. And furthermore, Ami Rasa Gavaya simply saying that he's going to give something to the base of Mikdash, that's like physically giving something over to a Hedit. I think Mark explains the Mishnah by quoting a what do we mean that Roshos HaGvaya Bekasef, the Beis HaMikdash, acquires something with money? An example, Gizbar Shanasan Mois Behema, if the treasure of the Beis HaMikdash, that's the Gizbar, he pays money for an animal to be used as a carbon seabar, Afil Behema B'Saifa Ailam, even if that animal's at the other end of the world, Kana, so the Beis HaMikdash is automatically Kainit. Ubehedyet, however, when we're dealing with a Hedyet paying for something, like Kana, he's not Kainit, Achi Yimshaych, until he does a Mashiach on the animal. Explaining the next part of the Mishnah, Ketzad Amaras what does that mean? Saying to the Beis HaMikdash is like giving over to a Hedyet. An example of this is Ha'aymer, if a person says, Sharza Ayla, this Shar is an Ayla, Ba'ezah Hektesh, this house is Hektesh, Afil Basaifa Aylam, Kana, even if it's at the other end of the world, the Beis HaMikdash is automatically Kainit. Whereas Behedyot, like Kana, in regards to a Hedyot, if he wants to give his Shar to another person, or he wants to give his house to another person, that other person has to do either a Mashiach on the animal, or a Chazaka on the house. We continue by describing a number of differences. That's a person who is Mashiach, an item from Hektesh, as current price was a mana, but before he paid for it, the price jumped up to 200. Nice and Messiah, he has to pay 200. My time, why is that? Because of Nasan Kasav Akamlai. The Pazuk says, and he gives the money and will be established for him. And until he pays Hektish, it's not his item. Another scenario, Mashul Messiah, he took the item from Hektish and its cost was 200. And he didn't have a chance to redeem it, meaning to pay the money. Now its price went down to a mana. Nice and Messiah, he still has to give 200. My time, why is that? Because the Kayach of Hedyat shouldn't be more Hammer than Hektish. And if this was a transaction between two individuals, meaning Ruvain took an item from Shimon at the cost of 200, and before he paid for it, the price went down to 100, Ruvain still has to pay 200. So it's the same thing with Hektish. Now, the other way around, where the money was paid first, the person bought something from Hektish for 200, meaning he paid the money, but he didn't have a chance to take the item, and then the price went down to a mana, he has to still give that 200, meaning he already gave it, he doesn't get a refund, and my time away is that, because of Nasan Kasav Akamlai. The Torah says, he gives the money, and it's established for him, meaning the moment he paid Hektish that 200, it's automatically his item, even though he wasn't Meshach yet. However, if he paid a mana for the item, and he didn't have a chance to be Meshach the item until its price went up to 200, so in this case, what he redeemed was redeemed, he only has to give a mana, which he already did, he already paid that mana, he doesn't have to add on another one, and my way is that, because Hachanami over here, namely we would say, wouldn't Hedyot fall under the category of a Misha Para? And the same thing would apply to Hektesh. Now, what's a Misha Para? So we learn about this about Metziah, and this has to do with buying something with money. And even though, as we just said, if a person pays money for an item, that that's not a proper Kenyan, he has to do a Mashiach, still Chachamim apply a Misha Para curse to somebody who pays money and then backs out of the deal before he does a Mashiach. And Misha Para is a whole statement that the one who paid those of the Dar Mabal and the Dar Haflaga, meaning the one that punished them,
punish them, obviously referring to Hashem, he's going to punish somebody who doesn't stand by his word. And if a person gave his word and there was a transaction and money exchanged hands and then someone backed out, so he's going to get punished for that. And so this would apply to Hektish as well. And that's why once a person pays 100 for the item, even though he wasn't Maishachet and it went up to 200, he still gets that low price of 100. We're going to stop here for the day, but pick up tomorrow with a brand new Mishnah tomorrow. For now, everyone should have a wonderful day.